Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. I'm going to uh, share some of my takeaways from Kentucky's win versus Florida. But before I do that, I want to kind of give you a rundown of what is going on this week on Kentucky Daily. Aaron Torres is going to join me for an episode one day this week. It'll definitely be after the Tennessee game. And then I'm going to try to get another guest episode as well. I'm going to try to start mixing in probably two guest episodes a week during the offseason. I'll try to get a couple more, maybe up it to three guest episodes, but uh, going to do that. And then I'm also going to record an episode breaking down Kentucky's NCAA tournament resume. I'm going to do that after every single game the rest of the way up until probably the SEC tournament. I'll try to get one in while I'm down there in Tampa, but I'm going to break down the net. I'm going to compare Kentucky's resume to those teams that they're battling for a one seed with or battling for a two seed with the Arizona's, the Purdue's, the Kansas, all those schools. Uh, I'm going to start doing at least two episodes a week, kind of breaking down how the resume stands because it does change. Ken Palm changes, the net changes, quality wins change. There's people that lose Joe, Joe Lenardi's bracketology, everything updates. So I'm going to start doing one of those after every single game if I can, I'm, I'm going to do my best to do that all the way through the uh, SEC tournament. But let's talk about Kentucky's win versus Florida. Another very, very good win for Kentucky. Rupp Arena was electric. Those Saturday home games at Rupp Arena have been a lot of fun this year. It's unfortunate that they only had four home Saturday games this year. They have one more remaining. That's against Alabama on Saturday. And then they have two midweek games versus LSU and Ole Miss. But I got to talk about the environment. Uh, Big Blue Nation was amazing. More than 20,000 at Rupp on Saturday, one of the better crowds of the year, and they were locked in from the opening tip. Kentucky races out to that early lead. Kellen Grady gets loose for a couple of threes. The place is buzzing. Xavier Wheeler picks up his second foul, and you saw Kentucky's pace change. This is where I think Xavier Wheeler is so valuable, and I know a lot of people get frustrated with the turnovers, with some of the four shots, I thought he actually played one of his better games of the year on Saturday because he was able to bounce back from that early foul trouble. He had no assists at halftime. He finished the game with six assists and zero turnovers when playing that second half. And, and that's a stat line for him. If he plays the first half, he probably gets 10, 11 assists again. Uh, he's right there. He's going to finish definitely in the top 10 single season assists at UK. Uh, he does have an opportunity to push Tyler Ewis for that record if he can have a big game here or if he gets near his average and Kentucky makes a deep run in the NCAA tournament and in the SEC tournament. But I thought Xavier Wheeler was excellent. And Kellen Grady, I know John Calipari shared it after the game that Kellen was talking in the huddle. He's like, do not foul again. We need you on the floor. It's his energy and his effort and his pace. The way he pushes Kentucky in transition, it just makes Kentucky so much better. You got Kellen running the floor. You got Oscar running the floor. Uh, all these guys saying, I'm going to talk about a few more players, but obviously the, the big news from that game was Ty Ty Washington going down with that injury there in the second half. Just another unfortunate injury for Kentucky. It does sound like Kentucky dodged a bullet when it comes to the severity of that injury. I know when he first went down, the look on his face, him running off the floor, limping off the floor, in a hurry, he goes through the tunnel. Mitch Barnhart's standing there. You never see Ty Ty come back out to the floor. I was concerned. I thought, here we go again. You know, Kentucky, so many years, they've had great opportunities to make a run in a national championship. And then you have the Reed Travis, P.J. Washington injuries back-to-back -back there a couple of years ago. You had Jared Vanderbilt's injury, the Alex Poitras injury. Just so many injuries over the years for Kentucky basketball, but especially in recent years, 
that just really gets you frustrated. And I was glad to hear that it does sound like Ty Ty avoided a major injury. Uh, now, John Calipari did say Saturday that he, he listed him as day-to-day and that he will probably be out a week or two. I have no idea as of right now exactly how long Ty-Ty will be out. I think we can all just assume that he will not suit up and play Tuesday night versus Tennessee. Uh, As for Jacob Toppin, I I do not know. I I think Kentucky needs Jacob Toppin in that game versus Tennessee, uh, especially if Ty-Ty's out. A key in that game, and I will get into that, is you cannot have any foul trouble one through three. Savir – Davion Mintz and Kellen Gray are going to all have to play probably 33, 34 minutes, in my opinion, for Kentucky to be at its best and to have a chance to win. Uh, so in case you do have foul trouble, you're going to need a Jacob Toppin to, to slide in there, and you'll have to buy some minutes with Toppin and Keon Brooks together. Or Bryce Hopkins maybe has to play. Or I even, I even think this, maybe Dante Allen steals maybe four or five minutes and can add some minutes there at the guard. And if he can knock down a shot or two, it would be huge. Uh, but Davion Mintz will definitely step into that role if there's no Ty-Ty Washington. I thought he had a good game on Saturday. He had some dagger threes there late in the game, that step back, and then the corner three off an offensive rebound. Uh, Davion Mintz is prepared, and that's the thing that Kentucky, they've, they've been in this situation a couple of times, and when they've had time to prepare, they've been very good. Now, going on the road to Rocky Top, it's going to be tough. Uh, Tennessee has not lost at home this season. They have a win against Arizona at Thompson Bowling Arena this year, a team Kentucky's kind of battling with for one seed. If Kentucky goes and defeats Tennessee tomorrow night at Thompson Bowling Arena shorthanded without Ty Ty Washington, and then they come back home and beat Alabama on Saturday, I think as long as they only lose one game the rest of the way, regardless of where it's at, I think Kentucky's locked up a one seed. Because if you have a win at Tennessee shorthanded, that is going to look really, really good on Selection Sunday, along with those wins versus Kansas and the other quad one wins Kentucky has. But just back to the game on Saturday, there are just so many storylines to talk about. Uh, Oscar Shiboy, dominant again. SEC Player of the Week this week. Uh, I'll pull up his numbers. I know he had 27 points, 19 rebounds in that game on Saturday versus Florida. He's his 12th straight game with double-figure rebounds. That ties Dan Issel for the most and longest streak in school history. That was the 1969-1970 season. Uh, so Oscar's just doing unbelievable things. I mean, we I feel like we've talked a ton about Oscar Shibway, and uh, honestly, he probably deserves even more noise and more buzz just given what he's done. And here's a cool story about him, and I know everybody's already seen this on social media. So he's uh, talking to us post-game on Zoom, and uh, he was talking about how much he appreciates Big Blue Nation and what Kentucky fans mean to him. And he said, I'm going to go back out there for 15 to 20 minutes and make sure I sign everything and take pictures with all those little kids. And he kept his word. Uh, At the tunnel, where my media seat is, it's uh, down near – it's underneath the Joe B. Hall, Tubby Smith, Rick Pitino banners on on that end, up behind the U.K. bench. And I'm sitting there working, and I look down, and there's a huge crowd. And and Oscar's already been out once and then went and uh, put together post-game media – but then he comes back out. The, the lots at Rupp Arena are dimmed. They're, they're not as bright as they usually are. They're trying to gather and clean up the arena. And then here's this group of people, and here comes Oscar Shibway out of the tunnel, and he signs every single item that they had. He takes pictures. He made sure that he greeted every single fan that was waiting, in, waiting on him there. And I thought that was really cool uh, to see from Oscar. But like I said, he was named SEC Player of the Week, Co-Player of the Week. He shared that honor with uh, with Walker Kessler of Auburn. Hard to believe that Oscar has only won that award twice this year. 
but well on his way to being named SEC Player of the Year. And I, I think that Saturday's performance kind of almost locks up National Player of the Year as long as he has in average games the rest of the way. Uh, during those two games last week versus South Carolina and Florida, Sheboy averaged 22.5 points, 16.5 rebounds, 2.5 steals, and 1.5 blocks. Uh, so the steal numbers just continue to go up. I mean, he's getting at least two to three steals a game. And if not for Kessler doing his thing at Auburn with all the block shots and everything that he does on the defensive end, you could probably say that Oscar Sheboy is worthy of SEC Defensive Player of the Year with the steal numbers. He'll still get a block or two a game. Uh, but just a dominant performance by Oscar. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, one more guy I want to talk about, obviously, is Keon Brooks. I know that he struggled on Saturday. Didn't have his best game, uh, particularly in the first half. Kentucky only turned the ball over three times in the first half. He was given all three of those turnovers. And I thought he bounced back and played well in the second half and, and did not turn it over. I know he had three steals in the game. So, uh, yeah, Keon wasn't what he had been in recent weeks, but he still found a way to contribute and, and do some things specifically in the second half there. Uh, one big uh, stat for Kentucky, only five turnovers in that game. And I know Florida playing a lot of zone takes a lot of pressure off of you and in the way that they kind of want to slow Kentucky down, but to play a 40 minute basketball game where your point guard did sit on the bench for about 14 straight minutes in the first half and you only have five turnovers, uh, pretty solid for Kentucky and Florida's token pressure, that three, two zone that John Calipari was talking about. It did throw Kentucky off its rhythm. Some Xavier Wheeler getting back in that second half, it kind of upped the pace again for the cats and they were able to get running had a really good start to the first half, a really good start to the second half. And that's the thing with this team that I take away, especially from the last couple of games. At South Carolina last Tuesday, Kentucky gets hot. Here comes South Carolina. You had Ty-Ty foul trouble. You had Oscar foul trouble. And then Kentucky goes on another run. And then here comes South Carolina. And the next thing you know, you look up, Kentucky's up double digits again. I feel like that happened at least a couple of times on Saturday versus Florida, where Florida will, will punch back. They'll cut the lead to five. I think they got it down to a basket or two there a couple of times. And the next thing you know, Kentucky goes on a run. It looks like they're going to win the game by maybe 10 to 12, 13 points. And you look up and they hit three straight threes there to close the game. And they win by 21. Just uh, This team can put you away in a hurry, especially when they're knocking in the three ball. Kellen Grady started hot, hit three threes there early. And then he went on a stretch where he missed quite a few in a row but then ended the game with a dagger three, and you kind of see him look up like, thank God, that one finally went in. So uh, four of 11 from him. I, I told you all weeks ago, I think I've tweeted it multiple times, I'm perfectly fine. I think his number needs to get to at least 10 three-point attempts per game. And a lot of his 
aren't action that Kentucky's running for him to get shots. A lot of it is in transition off of what Xavier Wheeler's doing. Rim runs by Oscar Shibway, offensive rebounds, scrambling on the on the offensive end when the defense is scrambling. Uh, they don't call a ton of sets for him. They do run that floppy action for him. They'll get him mixed up with that Spain action uh, with the back screen for Oscar. Oscar will kind of set that little pin down for Kellen. But a lot of his stuff is in transition and just kind of in rhythm. And I just think that this is a team that they shoot the ball better in rhythm, in transition. When Davion Mintz is pulling up in transition, Grady's getting loose in transition, uh, Tata Washington mid-range, Oscar, you know, running the rim, Sabir getting downhill, that's where Kentucky's at its best. And you saw Florida take that away there early in the first half. Florida started making some shots. Kentucky stopped hitting shots. They couldn't get out and run. And uh, obviously that significantly changed the way that that game was being played. But then when Savir was in there in the second half, he really started pushing the tempo. How about Lance Ware? I know that that's been a running joke this year that, that Cal will always say, how about Lance? But honestly, how about Lance? We got to talk about Lance. Uh, you had, let's see here, seven rebounds for Lance Ware, four points. He played 13 minutes. He had a plus minus of 16. Really good Lance Ware. And Lance has bought into his role on this team. And, and that's the kind of guy you need on your team to go on a run in the Final Four, win a national championship. I love his attitude. I love his confidence on the floor. He's a guy that he hasn't listened to all of the hype and all the talk about being at Kentucky and not playing a ton. He's like, hey, whatever I got to do to help this team win, I'm going to do it. He did that last year. He had games where he looked very, very good, and then he had games where he really struggled. I remember the SEC tournament against Mississippi State when Cal kept playing him. A lot of us and people on Twitter are like, you've got to take Lance out. Why are you playing him? Well, at this point, a lot of people thought, you know, Damian Collins would be the guy getting those minutes or someone else needs to get those minutes. No, Lance Ware took control of that role, and he's the perfect guy for it. And like I said, I love his attitude. He got shoved in the back on the sideline there in front of the benches. He turns around, and, and luckily Orlando Antigua was there. But then a takeaway for me is how the bench got up. Yeah, they're not going to go out and fight somebody. And they had a lot of smiles on their face. But the confidence that, hey, I'm here, I got your back, you, you saw it happen Duke and Clemson, I think that was last Thursday. Uh, Duke player gets undercut, and the rest of his teammates kind of just walk up, and they, they don't say anything. They, and I'm not saying go punch the guy in the, in the face, but they get up and they don't really do anything. But then Kentucky, Lance Ware takes a little shove in the back right in front of the bench, and then everybody's up ready to defend him. That tells you all that you need to know about this team. Uh, be your brother's keeper. They have each other's back from coaches all the way down to trainers, to walk-ons, to grad assistants, all the way down that bench. This group right now is bought in collectively, and it's fun to watch on the floor. And, and like I said, I will be back to uh, recap and kind of piece together Kentucky's NCAA tournament resume. I'll talk about those quad one opportunities. Hopefully you all are not sick and tired of hearing about the net because you're going to hear a lot of it over the next two to three weeks as the SEC tournament's just around the corner. I will be in Tampa for that. I will also be at Thompson Bowling Arena tomorrow night to cover Kentucky and Tennessee. Be on the lookout for some guest episodes. Like I mentioned, uh, Aaron Torres is going to join the pod. I've reached out to Jeff Goodman, who's joined the pod a couple of times. I'm going to start mixing in at least two guest episodes a week, and we'll go 15 to 30 minutes with those and, and have some lengthy episodes. Derek will hop, be hopping in uh, when he can uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to try to get a mailbag out there to you as well. I uh, would like maybe to do – I'm going to try to do a scouting report episode on Tennessee. If not, I will put up a mailbag tweet on Monday night 
and you can uh, get some mailbag questions in and I'll, I'll do a mailbag episode on Tuesday, uh, but be on the lookout for a resume episode. I'm going to talk uh, Kentucky's resume. I'm going to talk some of the other resumes in college basketball, and we'll go across that one and two seed line and talk about what Kentucky has to continue doing to earn a one seed. And obviously the, the common denominator is just win, find ways to win. Going to be a tall task at Tuesday night at Thompson Bowen Arena, a place Tennessee has not lost. But it will be, if Kentucky can get it, it will be one of the more impressive wins in college basketball this season. Just given the environment, maybe some injury, how many guys are going to be out, we do not know yet. Uh, but Kentucky will have an opportunity to make a loud statement if they can pick up a win in Knoxville. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. you got three locations. Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.